Canto 8, Chapter 19 Lord Vamanadeva begs charity from Bali Maharaj. Sri Shuka said, When he thus heard the very pleasing and faithful dharmic words of the son of Virochana, the Supreme Lord praised him satisfied with the following words. The Supreme Lord said, O Lord of men, what you have said is very true, befits the dynasty, is in accord with the Dharma and adds to your repute. It proves the authority of the Brigu Brahmins and is of the peace of your grandfather Pralada, your oldest ancestor in the afterlife. No one in this dynasty has been as poor-minded as to break his promises unto the Brahmins and not to be charitable. Because of the impeccable reputation of Pralada, who is like a clear moon in the sky, O ruler, in your dynasty no kings are found who, in holy places or on the battlefield, were as low-minded not to respond to the requests of petitioners. In this dynasty Hiranyaksha was born, who, alone wandering around on this earth to conquer its directions with his club, could not find a hero equal to him. After Vishnu, as a boar had delivered the world and with great difficulty had defeated him, he considered himself only victorious when he constantly thought of Hiranyaksha's heroism. When his brother Hiranyakashipu heard that he had been killed, he very angry went to the abode of the Lord to put an end to the one who had finished his brother. Seeing him with the trident in his hand coming towards him like death personified, the chief of the mystics, the knower of time, Lord Vishnu, thought the following. Wherever I go, this one here, like the death of each, will also go. I will therefore enter his heart, he only looks outside himself. Thus decided, O king of the Asuras, he, invisible in his subtle body, entered the body of the persecuting enemy through the breath in his nostril. Hiranyakashipu, searching his abode, found it empty. Enraged, because he in spite of his power could not see Vishnu in any direction of the surface of the earth, in outer space, in the sky, in the caves and in the oceans, he screamed loudly. When he could not find him anywhere, he said, I have searched the entire universe for him who killed my brother. He must have left for the place no one returns from. He must have died. Such an enmity, to the point of death, one does not find with materialistic people who only exhibit their anger out of ignorance or because of their ego. Your father, Virochana, the son of Pralada, surrendered upon the request of the demigods his life to them because of his affinity with the twice-born souls, even though he knew that they had dressed up as Brahmins. You yourself observed the Dharma as followed by the Brahmin householders, your forefathers, the great heroes and other highly elevated and famous souls. Someone like you, I ask for a bit of land. O king of the Daityas, who can be so generous in his charity, I ask you for three paces of land to the measure of my footsteps. There is nothing else I desire from you, O munificent king, O master of the universe. May the learned soul not suffer any want and receive by donations as much as he needs. Sri Bali said, 
Alas, O Brahmin Sion, your words may be welcome to the scholars and the elderly, but as a boy not bent on making demands, you are not quite aware of all the implications of your self-interest. For the person who, with sweet words, propitiates me, the one and only master of all the world, it is not very intelligent to ask for three steps of land when I can give an entire continent. No one who once has approached me deserves it to have to beg again, and therefore, O small brahmachari, take from me, as you desire, whatever would suit your needs. The Supreme Lord said, All sense objects capable of pleasing someone within these three worlds together cannot satisfy the person who has no control over his senses, O king. He who is not satisfied with three steps of land will neither be content with a complete continent of nine lands, for then he will desire to take possession of all the seven continents. We heard that kings like Prithu and Gaia, who managed to rule all the seven continents, neither reached the end of their ambitions nor the end of their desire for wealth. One should be satisfied with that what one accidentally happens to acquire. There is no happiness for a dissatisfied person who has no control over himself, not even when he possesses the three worlds. When someone is dissatisfied with his money and sensual pleasures, there is no end to his materially determined existence of repeatedly dying and starting all over again. He, however, who is satisfied with that what was acquired by fate, applies for liberation. The spiritual power and glory of a Brahmin increases when he is satisfied with what he obtained by providence, but decreases with his dissatisfaction, like a fire that is extinguished with water. I therefore ask you, who are so munificent as a benefactor, for three steps of land, for my purpose is met perfectly with acquiring nothing more than what is needed. Sri Shuka said. Thus being addressed, Bali said with a smile to Lord Vamana, Now take from me what you want. And in order to give him the land, he took up his water pot so as to confirm his promise ritually with its water. Shukracharya, the best of all knowers, guessed what Vishnu's plan was and addressed the Asura Lord, his disciple, who was about to deliver the land to Lord Vishnu. Shukracharya said, This person, O son of Hirochana, is the immortal Supreme Lord Vishnu himself. He took his birth from Kashapa and Aditi to serve the interest of the godly souls. I think that what you promised is at odds with your intentions. You do not realize what you agreed upon. It is not right, for it entails great adversity for the Daityas. He who presents himself as a human child is the Lord who teaches you a lesson. He will snatch away from you all material beauty and riches, power and repute, and give it to your enemy, Lord Indra. With these three steps, he will seize all the worlds by expanding to his universal form. How can you keep your position after you, like a fool, have given everything away to Vishnu? One after the other, he, with the first step, will take the earth and with the second step occupy outer space. In the ether expanding to his greatest size, where should he make his third step? I think 
you will burn in hell forever, for that is what happens to people who do not keep their promises. Your majesty cannot live up to the expectations you raised. The wise do not favor any charity endangering one's livelihood, for it is because of one's capacity to maintain oneself that sacrifice, charity, austerity and fruitful activity are possible in this world. In order to be happy in this world as also in the next, one should divide one's earnings in five. One part is for the religion, one is for one's respectability, one for one's property, one for one's pleasure and one for the family. Now listen to what in this regard concerning your promise is stated in many Vedic verses, O best of the Asuras. That what is true is preceded by the word Om, and things said that were not preceded by that word are called untrue, false or deceptive. Understand the Vedic truth about flowers and fruits. One picks them from the body of a tree, but if the tree is not alive, then its causality, its root, is not fit and picking will be impossible. When a tree falls down, it will, being uprooted, quickly dry out. Likewise, one's material reality will also soon no longer be in order and come to naught when its support has been uprooted, that suffers no doubt. The use of the syllable OM entails that one separates oneself from one's wealth, that one is freed from it. It factually entails that someone, with everything that he says with Om, will suffer loss. When one, thus expressing oneself, donates in charity to beggars, one will see one's wealth diminished, so that, because of that Om exercise, there will not be enough for one's own sense gratification and self-realization. Choose therefore now fully for yourself. It is a form of falsehood, but it is not completely untrue to say this in favor of your own position, for speaking a complete lie, like the denial of your self-interest, would make you infamous, would make you a living corpse. A lie that heals is better than a truth that wounds when one wants to charm a woman, wants to tell a joke, wants to marry, wants to make a living in times of danger, when one must protect the cows and the Brahminical culture, or when one has to defend against the violence.